Hi there, and welcome to Emmanuel. This is our weekly teaching podcast. We hope that it encourages you to live a little bit more every day like Jesus taught us to. God bless you. <laughs> well, hello and welcome back to our Conversations podcast. My name's Micah, and today I'm here with Corey. Hi, everybody. And we wanted to take some time to follow up on a series that we just finished here at Emmanuel. A couple of weeks ago, we were talking about finances and giving to the local church. And towards the end of that series, we took a few minutes to invite uh, for some questions. Hmm. Uh, And we got a few of them, and we worked through as many as we could in service. And those are available on our website, of course, in the teaching section. But we wanted to spend some time either revisiting some that we felt we didn't quite do a complete job on or uh, getting to the ones that we didn't touch at all. First uh, first thing is that as I looked at the local and the international media shortly after we did our series, I thought it was really either really fortunate timing, timing or very comic timing that a an international uh, prosperity gospel, health and wealth, famous preacher, uh, Creflo Dollar, was in the news and it just exploded that he was asking his congregation to help him to buy a $60 million jet. I assume because he believed God had told him that that's what he needed, a $60 million jet. And I thought, oh my goodness, like that just sort of shoots the bottom out of every stereotype about churches asking for money. Did you see that one, Micah? Yeah. And uh, I have to admit, I had a hard time um, being generous in my spirit towards a particular topic. I mean, you, he could get by with a $12 million jet. <laughs> <laughs> but we're hoping that as we tackle the subject of finances and trying to think God's way about things and about how the local church fits into it, we hope that we're just in a totally different universe than that sort of thing. Well, yeah, today we, uh, we're we not really talking about uh, trying to provide luxury to ourselves, whether we be church staff or just a regular person in in real life, we're trying to talk about, okay, how can these investments best make a difference in the kingdom? Mm-hmm. Well, so we got some questions. Then, we do. Micah. Do you want yeah. to dive right in? So uh, the first question is kind of a classic one, especially in, in North America, where we've got a number of churches and parachurch organizations and really great causes. Uh, the question really is, uh, when we say that we should give to the church, Corey? Are we saying that we need to give to a specific place? Uh, you know, in our case, Emmanuel Baptist Church at 295 Young Street. Or are we saying uh, give to a good cause? And this person goes on to point out how often we've talked about the fact that the church is not a, a building, that it's a people, and that if they're giving to other Christian causes, aren't they giving to the church? Yeah, I think it's both, for sure, uh, that giving is to the local church and giving is to the church that's kind of universal. And by that, we call it the parachurch. Those are supporting ministries mm. of the church. They could be uh, media ministries or they could be publishing industries or they could be compassion ministries. Yeah. And I've known and talked to people who are part of these great ministries that are out there and even from their own lips would hear that how important, how critical it is and the priority of the local church to their ministries. So 
I hope that nothing I ever say, and I hope that in people's minds that are listening, it's not a an either-or dichotomy. I either give to my local church or I give to what I perceive as the church universal mm. out there in one of its smaller expressions. But I do want to make a case for giving to the local church as a priority because that's the way that it's been done throughout the all of history, but especially in the early church. Uh, the priority was giving to the needs in their own family. And there are, so there are biblical reasons, I believe, why we we give to our, our local church. Um, and to me, it's a priority in a number of different ways. Number one would be that the local, there's nothing like the local church when it comes to the kingdom of God. All of the ministries that I can think of that are great ministries that help, they are pieces of the mission and ministry of Jesus. So in other words, they do a great job of helping the poor uh, get jobs or helping the homeless be sheltered or helping uh, people uh, get discipled, you know, mm -hmm. if it's maybe a kind of a teaching ministry. But the local church does it all. Yeah, we're now, charged with all of that. Do we do it well? I'm, I think we need to work at doing it well. But this is the place where you can become discipled. This is the place where you can worship. This is the place where you can serve. This is the place where you can be involved in those helping, compassion ministries to all the people that Jesus called us to go out and reach. Mm. And so I think that there is a case to be made for making the local church a priority in my giving. And now, for some people, that may mean some difficult choices because if they're strapped for resources, then it might mean that the majority of their giving to God's work would be through the local church. But a lot of us find us, ourselves in the place where we're blessed uh, in great measure. And I think that this is, really is an ideal if you're able to achieve it in your own personal budget is to give to the local church but then also in in the over and above give to these wonderful ministries that sometimes do a better job of the smaller uh, of the smaller missions than the church does does that make sense Micah? yeah absolutely um i think there is definitely something to be said for supporting the fellowship that you're a part of mm. and i think we'd see that in acts too like that's not a that's not a Western ideal that we've transposed onto what it means to be part of a fellowship. We we look out for each other and we care for each other. But if there's a an organization that does a phenomenal job at dis, um, getting jobs for the poor, as you know, to use one of your examples, that may not be something that we've got the mi gift mix for in house. And so, if as a, a partner, a wing of the kingdom they can do that then absolutely they need to be supported as well mm. and and i love it when all of these are connected in service of the church i i mean not to borrow a phrase too much i mean <coughs> bill hybels he speaks about the local church as being the hope of the world i don't yeah. know that i carbon copy that statement but i love the local church we've got lots of warts and we've got lots of dysfunction uh, but hey, welcome to just about any family that I know Absolutely. when it comes to that. But it is, it's, it's what Jesus left us. Like I said in the message series, I said there is no plan B for transforming the world. 
There's no other organization that Jesus has left this task of transforming the world, but the church, and it's the local church that's the expression of it. Absolutely. Well, unless there's something uh, more that you wanted to say there, Corey, maybe we'll go on to the next question. Okay. Which would be, uh, we were talking a little bit about making sure that we don't spend all of our funds on ourselves in this series, that that our, our money's not just for our own comfort. And someone sent in a, a question saying, spending money locally in, in our town helps people pay, uh, helps pay people so they can feed their families. Can't spending do good sometimes too? Mm-hmm. Well, this is this is something near and dear to my heart as well. Many people who've been with me for years would know that I so often speak and caution about the dangers of consumerism and affluenza. That's kind of like the sickness of our of our time. And I know that feels sometimes like a wet blanket around Christmas yeah. time. But I am not allergic. It aller- may be the time that we need it the most. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not allergic to money. And I know that uh, money can be used for great good. And so I'm just really passionate in my own life and helping people to disciple, be discipled in such a way that money is a servant, is not a master. Yeah. And uh, it, it crosses over that sometimes. And we're not slaves to our, the habits of our culture. And so I was speaking with somebody this day, and we were talking about uh, about our community of Churro, and I was saying how how concerned I am sometimes that there isn't work enough work for people in our community. People that want to have jobs can't find them, especially people who are coming in, international students and immigrants. We want to make sure there are good jobs here. And the reason I said that, like, why would we care about that as a church, or why would we care about that as pastors? And the reason I said is this, that when the kingdom of God comes, what happens is people's souls are saved, people's sicknesses are healed, and people get jobs. They yeah. work. And so, and when they work, you know, people are buying stuff. So local economies are being transformed along with the spiritual needs of people. And so I, I hope people would understand, I, Micah, do you agree with it too, that that we should have a vested interest in our local economies doing well and firing on all cylinders. Absolutely. Without any question. Uh, for all the reasons that you mentioned, the uh, I think if we were in a culture where people gave away, well, or to the church or whatever cause, far more than they could afford we would absolutely i would hope you would hear us say you need to make sure that you're feeding your families and that you're paying people and yeah we need to stimulate our local economy in doing so we're going to spend either way right economies always do that but what does it mean to spend wisely to spend on the right things sure all right and what are the good industries that we need to promote so in other words um, we, like we don't want to live in a kingdom of trinkets, where it's. I understand that you know there are there are people who sell trinkets, and that's a great thing, but we want to create a lot of a lot of industry around here where people are actually making useful things, or people are uh, doing where their jobs line up 
with things that definitely promote the kingdom of God, not just consumerism. Yeah, not blind consumerism. Yeah, no. like making industries of, of things that can help the poor, making industries of of things that can you know generate the clean energy and and things that would honor God, rather than just stuff. <laughs> yeah. All right. And the last question that we had today uh, that we wanted to spend some time on is, what does the saying, charity begins at home, mean for Christians? Mm. And you and I were going back over that saying. We've we've heard it, uh, I'm sure we've heard it a dozen times over my education. Uh, charity begins at home. And we were even trying to debate the original meaning of that phrase. Mm. Well, don't you think that it means that we need to need to take a priority of, of, of taking care of our family's needs and providing for them. I think that's probably the heartbeat of it originally, mm-hmm. that you can't be caring for people outside your home so much that your own kids starve. Yeah, I mean, it's fine if I make that choice myself to say, well, I'm going to live a life of voluntary poverty yeah. and I'm going to do without and I'm going to live, you know, more than simply, I'm going to live you know, incredibly basically. And like, how do we as families is my question. How can we as families decide together, this is how we're going to live. This is how we're going to manage our finances. This is how simply we're going to live. This is how generous we're going to be. And toward what I, I think that families need to decide that, but we need to take care of our basic needs, right? Yeah. There's, but those are two different categories, and I think I heard you say this already. There's a difference between covering off basic needs and living to extravagance in a sixty dollar, sixty million dollar jet. Mm. Right? There's there's a difference between making sure that uh, our kids have healthy food and clothes on their back and a breadth of experience, and getting our kids to I don't know what. What would be extravagant for childcare? I'm still figuring this out. <laughs> well, just while you're thinking about that, I was just, this is a great question. And you might think, well, it's a trivial question. We're just talking about a, a, a cliche statement. Charity begins at home. But it brings up an excellent point. Because that word charity itself, you, do you know what that word means? It's, it means love. Love begins at home. And I think that so often we get confused about what the real meaning of love is. We try to do a good job of that around Advent Conspiracy at Christmas time, trying to tell people in a culture that often expresses love with buying things, that you can express love by being with each other and doing things together. So I agree with that. Let love we gotta work harder in our in our families and in our home churches at making love begin at home and not confusing love with stuff. Yeah. The, I guess, again, you were kind of right down the same path as what I was thinking, uh, that in being extravagant with our stuff, we can actually cripple our families. Uh, in that if we teach our families to depend on their stuff or their source of joy or their source of love, you know, I, I only understand that you love me if you give me a great Christmas present. Mm. Uh, we've actually not modeled for them at all what it means to be a part of the kingdom of God and what love truly is. And the last thing I would want to say about this is I'm, I would understand that chances are there are people that are listening to this that are finding themselves 
underwater financially mm-hmm. right now and maybe overwhelmed with uh, consumer debt or credit card debt. Yeah. Uh, maybe they're experiencing a recent job loss, but funds are more than tight. They are in red danger care category. And um, I think that we need to, as a church, point people toward resources. There are good resources out there. Come talk to us. We'll not only pray with you, we'll see what we can do to line up a plan to be able to to help you. We'll point you toward job opportunities because it's so important. We want to see people, uh, their needs taken care of. Because when the kingdom of God comes, whole families and communities are transformed and people's needs are provided for. And we want to see that happen. And I understand there's some people out there that many of us are struggling under the weight of debt. Yeah, and so in talking today about finances, we don't want to invoke any guilt about the past, but mm-hmm. we want to bring hope for the future. Yeah. And uh, I think you're wise to highlight that we've got some resources here, not just teaching resources, but some uh, some people who can walk alongside uh, and help in all of those situations. Jesus cares about our finances. That's the whole reason we did this two-part series. If you take a look through the Gospels, Jesus is talking about uh, our fi- our finances and our hearts and how we think about them. So we just want to do a good job of discipling people mm. and telling people what Jesus taught about these things. Well, that's probably just about the best note that we could end on. Uh, God bless you guys. If you ever want to get in contact with us, the best way is always through the office. So that's email office at org, And we look forward to talking with you soon. God bless.